This is the Cato Daily Podcast, and I'm Anastasia Glova, your host. This month's issue of Cato Unbound features an essay by Lawrence Harrison, a senior research fellow and adjunct lecturer at the Fletcher School at Tufts University. His essay explains why culture is fundamental to understanding why some societies flourish and why some remain economically underdeveloped. Can cultural norms be toxic to economic development? Absolutely. Uh, I think that the existence of adverse values and attitudes it goes a long way towards explaining why we're so frustrated with the slow rate of economic development in parts of Asia, certainly the Islamic parts of Asia, uh, Africa, Latin America. What cultural tenets and norms are most suitable to economic development? First of all, the uh, belief that you can influence your destiny. Uh, second of all, belief in the importance of education. Uh, third, work ethic. Fourth, emphasis on merit. Uh, fifth, uh, a belief that the future can be improved by saving. Those are some of the values that have contributed not only to the success of the West, but also of East Asia. What role does religion play? Religion is one of the, perhaps, the most prominent influence on culture. Uh, there are significant differences uh, between, for example, Protestantism and Catholicism with respect to economic development. Uh, Catholicism is still, the Catholic Church is still very ambivalent about market economics and capitalism. And that ex explains in part why Protestant countries have done generally better than Catholic countries with respect to economic development. Why do you think the Washington Consensus model for economic development worked so well in Chile but not elsewhere in Latin America? Interestingly, Chile is one of the most Catholic countries in Latin America. No, I think that it's a combination of history and one important, particularly crucial cultural fact, and that is that Chile's Basque population is proportionally by far the largest in Latin America. It has profoundly influenced the development trajectory of Chile. And that, coupled with favorable geography, it's sort of the opposite number from California in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, and some good luck with leadership and so forth goes a long way towards explaining Chile's exceptionalism. And what can explain the success that Asia has seen? Well, you, if you go back to the values and attitudes that I mentioned before that make for economic development, they're all strongly present in what we call Confucian culture uh, it's, or, or Confucian value systems. It's not just Confucian. It's a, it also involves Taoism, ancestor worship, Buddhism. But uh, it's very similar to the Protestant ethic in many respects and the Jewish ethic, I might add. Do you think that economic development paradigms have focused too much on, as you write, reflecting the cultural realities in their design and not enough on actively encouraging cultural change? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, um, for a variety of reasons, a lot having to do with political correctness, uh, the development institutions of which uh, I used to serve in one in the U.S. Agency for International Development have been reluctant to address culture. Uh, but if I'm right, and it's as important as a lot of people in the world now believe, then they've got to address it, and the cultural change above all. Can politics change culture, then? Is there any precedent for this? Absolutely. We have a lot of evidence of that from the Culture Matters Research Project and from our new book, the, my new book, the, the Central Liberal Truth, which, by the way, is uh, the second half of Daniel Patrick Moynihan's sage saying, uh, the central conservative truth is that it is culture, not politics, that determines the success of a society. The central liberal truth is that politics can change a culture and save it from itself. And we have, in our 27 case studies, a lot of evidence that that's true. And how would policymakers go about trying to change a culture? Well, there are several things that have to be emphasized, uh, starting with literacy. It's 
specifically female literacy. It's very difficult to, to uh, establish democratic capitalism in a society in which more than 50% of the people and sometimes more than 60 or 70% of the women are illiterate. Uh, second of all, we have to focus on child-rearing techniques. Uh, the, there's a tendency for most people, including in our own society, to raise their kids as they were raised by their own parents. And in backward societies, uh, that can have a very strong momentum of continuity of inculcation of values and attitudes that don't work for economic development. Uh, economic policies that are open, that encourage uh, foreign investment, uh, are an important element in all this. And there are several other things as well.